0: Welcome to The Longest Road with yours truly, Josh Williams. This isn't your average sports show. No, this is a sports storytelling show. Growing up as a kid, my grandfather would share stories upon stories of these larger-than-life sports figures. Stories of interactions with Muhammad Ali and Elvis Presley. Watching Barry Sanders and Walter Payton in person. And even seeing Dick Buckus hit someone so hard that he killed a man. I was enamored. His best friend, neighbor, was a former NFL player who took my grandfather to NFL alumni events where these moments and stories became lessons that these larger-than-life figures are people too. He once told me that instead of asking for an autograph to ask them a question, now these questions are the bridge from larger-than-life to everyday you and I. And just like my grandfather did with me, I want to share these stories with you. Ladies and gentlemen, the journey starts now. Welcome to the longest road. Today I'm joined by a native of South Bend and Mishawaka, someone who has carved a name out for himself in the coaching ranks of prep sports in this area. But now he's taken those talents over to his new role as football analyst for the Blue and Gold Illustrated covering Notre Dame football. Today we are joined by Vince Daddario. Thank you Vince for taking the time out today to join the Longest Road. It's a pleasure to have you here. How's everything been?
1: Things are very good. Actually, very busy, not surprisingly. Uh but uh, thanks for having me. I, I you know, I, I asked you when we walked in, are you sure you still want to do this? You know, <laughs> are you sure that I I, you know, am at the level we're going to be able to put together an entire podcast, but you claim we are. So, oh,
0: I uh, believe that we are. We've done a little <laughs> bit of research in here to find out just a little bit about your story so far. And um, your story is immaculate. Catch us up right now with what's going on currently in Vince's life. So,
1: um, currently, pretty much my entire athletic focus is on being the head baseball coach at Riley High School. So, this will be my first full year as the head baseball coach. So, uh, a lot going on there. We had 10 seniors graduate last year uh, before I took the program over. Uh, so, you know, complete rebuild. But I've Personally, if I'm going to take over a program, I am totally excited that that's the way it is because I can put my thumbprint on it. We can coach the kids up the way we want to coach them up, uh, and not to say that the last coaching staff didn't, um, but you know it's different every time you bring in a sure. new staff and you start a new program. Um, it's different, so we're gonna have a lot of new faces. Uh, I think we have two returning seniors, one junior. And one sophomore from the varsity last year. So we're going to be a completely new look team in the NIC. Not many people are going to recognize the Wildcats (laughs) on the south side. So uh, that is the the major focus at the moment. Uh, Of course, I'm also the football analyst at Blue and Gold Illustrated uh, covering Notre Dame football. So that has died down a little bit, but. You know the off season never rests, so there's always something going on with coaching searches and That'd recruiting. Have been exciting and, though, you guys had a
0: good uh, 2019 season campaign. Ended with the Camping World uh, Yeah championship there. Yeah, were you down there covering that?
1: I was. Yeah, I got a chance to go down uh, to the Camping World Bowl, so got to spend a few days in Florida. and I may or may not have taken my wife down there, and we stayed a couple <laughs> extra days to really enjoy uh, the weather, which of course was cloudy and rainy the whole right, time. Right, because you know that's how it is. Uh, Welcome and I to Orlando. It was, it, it was beautiful beautiful up here <laughs> so it's he like you can't win um uh, but it was good it was it was kind of fun to be on the road um and, and cover the team and like i said i got to spend some quality time with my wife which doesn't happen very
0: often since we have a full brood at home yeah. um so yeah it was good it was a lot of fun um uh, going back toward the uh coaching conversation here you're, you're no stranger to the coaching element among prep sports around here uh you've coached football you've coached baseball uh, maybe not at the high school level right, uh, right. all the time, but um, you're no stranger to these area. You and I coached at Clay High School together for a little bit, yeah. Um, and I got to see just about how you can impact these kids. It's been impressive to watch when it was when it was that time. Um, how has that whole process been for you, and um, in determining where you want to be? Well, it's funny because um, I pr- at the high school level,
1: I've pretty much only coached football um, from 06 until. Uh, the 2018 season was my final year coaching uh, football, and it was all in South Bend, uh, which was uh, an interesting beginning. There is no question about that. Uh, from where I went to high school and where I went to college, you know, South Bend's a different animal. And so I uh, kind of fell into coaching um, almost accidentally. But I'm so glad that I did because it was, it was a, a really good 10-plus you know, year endeavor on the football side. Um, made some lifelong friends, obviously. Um, and, and not only from the coaching ranks, but also from the kids that I coached. Um, still keep in touch with so many of the kids that, that I coached and um, watching them grow up and get married and have kids. And that just makes me feel ancient uh, as well. But uh, and sharing all those life events, I mean, when I started coaching my oldest, my my wife was pregnant with our oldest. And so, you know, we've had we've had five kids since then. Um, She gave birth to our twins right in the middle of football season. Uh, So that was interesting. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So that was a lot of
0: fun. Uh, It was in October. So, um, just literally the modern day Friday Night Lights theme going on over at the Dario household. Yeah,
1: yeah, you're not kidding. Um, and it, you know, it's so cool when the kids can come and like my little. Well, he's not little anymore, but when he was little, he was like my my tea boy. When he was like three or four years old, you know, he'd run out and get the tea. You know that kind of thing. So, uh, it's always good to have the family around um, and all the players that I've coached. I would bring my son around and I mean, they were just like a bunch of big brothers to them, um, which is awesome. I think kids get a bad rap for, you know, the youth of America and all this other stuff. But every time I would bring my son around, I mean, they would just wrap him up and, you know, emotionally and and physically and everything else. And just such good role models um, for my kids. And now I'm kind of seeing that in reverse with my kid being a role model for other younger kids. So, it's nice to see that that kind of you know rolled off. And, That's incredible. And yeah, it was awesome.
0: Those family values seem, sound pretty familiar. Um, going back to your high school days between ninety five and ninety nine, um, you, you know you played football there. Yep. Much of what you're talking about, how you've installed and wanted to be installed upon your teams, seems like it was reflected upon when you were a player. How your coaching staff handled you. You gonna talk a little bit about that. Well, yeah, I so I started
1: playing football
0: what was it fourth
1: or fifth grade, uh, at St. Thomas and Elkhart. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. So we're talking a long time ago. Um, and then I went and they didn't have a team anymore. So we got kind of absorbed by Mishawaka Catholic. So, you know, local people will, uh, will recognize that name. And Tony Violi was my coach, uh, over there. And he was an amazing coach. Uh, no question about it. I still keep in touch with him to this day. Um, so, uh, then moving on to high school, you know Reggie Glan was my head coach my entire career. He he took over when I was in eighth grade, uh, so that was like the beginning of his whole wow career at, at Marion. <clears throat> and then the late uh, Ross Perry was our defensive coordinator, um, and his son Frank was my age, so we played Mishawaka Catholic together, and then off to Marion. Uh, but it was such a family atmosphere. Uh, Mike Sullivan was our offensive coordinator. He came from over from St. Joe, where he was on the state title. Uh, team in 95 uh, with Frank Amato, who I will circle back to later. Um, but uh, just a, a wonderful coaching staff. And it's funny, you don't realize how much those guys have an impact on you um, until you get a little bit older. And when I started coaching, some of the things I would say sounded awfully familiar to the things that were said to me. Um, but just you could tell... That they just they just loved the guys that they were coaching, and it was such a family atmosphere and uh there were times where I hated every single one of those guys. there's no question um but you you grow to respect and appreciate the time and the effort and just what they put into it um uh, and I try to roll that over into my
0: what I do as a coach too that's probably pretty strict, considering that Reggie Glan was a military man, no
1: <laughs> yeah, that is a very good point uh he didn't uh you know what well, Reggie said you did
0: yeah, and there was no ship <laughs>
1: there was no no questions asked um and he just kind of ran the organization he was like the CEO man he just kind of ran the organization and uh Ross ran the defense and Mike ran the offense and man you those guys you did what they said man there was no talking back there was no sure, I mean you right. learned real quick who was in charge you know what i'm saying <laughs> no pushback um, and then Joe Schaiko was on the staff at the time he right. was the defensive line coach
0: uh, who I ended up coaching with later on Did he hair back then, or was he still bald? Uh, no,
1: I, I think maybe it was voluntary uh, at that
0: <laughs> point, you know? He's also a military man, so no surprise if it's a but, buzz cut.
1: But, you know, he also, uh, you know, lacked a shirt most of the time. <laughs> uh, I think he got in trouble from the nuns at one point for going around shirtless, but, uh, you know, uh, so that <laughs> But yeah, what a great group of guys uh, to coach you and and bring you along in your formative years. You know, it was it was a great experience.
0: And that experience there kind of led to the next part of your life of now deciding. So we're post sports now, you know, playing career is over. Now you're starting to look at uh, what is the next phase going to look like. Sure. Talk about that process of accepting defeat in that aspect of that. It's over and then having to figure out what is the next step for, for myself here. What am I going to do? What's going to be my life's sure. work?
1: Well, there was definitely tears, you know, when the, you play that last game uh, as a senior. There's no question about it. Uh, we lost to Andrean in the sectional championship Ooh. my eighth grade, or my eighth grade, my senior year. We were undefeated, 11-0 going into that game. And we ended wow. up losing. You know, it was raining, fumbles. So it just was not a good situation, but we – and you know, we had our eyes on you know going down to Indianapolis. So that was a tough loss. Uh no question about it. And I, you know, let's be real clear here. I was not uh a fantastic football player. I was a part-time starter at wide receiver in a triple option offense. So, you know, I was an undersized tackle, basically, out there on the perimeter blocking. Um so uh I tell my players all the time um that if I had, if I coached myself, uh, I probably wouldn't play me very often <laughs> as well. Uh, my work ethic was not fantastic. Uh, I chose to work over the summer as opposed to work out, uh, if you will. And uh, so, yeah, it, it's interesting the way you look back on things and you would like to change them. But uh, it, it's a great example for the kids that I coach. Uh, but going into college, I uh, ended up going to Holy Cross uh, my freshman and sophomore year. Which was an amazing experience. Actually, obviously, I'm local. I grew up in Bristol, Indiana. I uh, went to Marion, drove to Marion every day. Oh, that's a yeah, that's, that well, was a drive. It's one thing I knew I would never get taken away from me was my car because you know <laughs> that my parents would have to drive me to school. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I went to Holy Cross and didn't really know what I wanted to do. Uh, to be honest, um, I had an amazing social studies teacher named Brother Bob Livernoy, and um, he was just. A super inspiring guy, um, and by the end of my freshman year, I decided I wanted to become a teacher, and I wanted to teach social studies. That inspiring, yeah, it wow, was, it was awesome. Um, he would he would let us come over to his apartment and watch you know ball games when they were on cable because of course we didn't have cable in the dorms, um, and he was just he was just a great teacher, um, and so yeah, that's what I decided I wanted to do. So my sophomore year at Holy Cross I ended up taking. Some education classes over at St. Mary's, which was awesome for obvious reasons. Um, And uh, I was actually super involved uh, in the drama department over at St. Mary's, which might surprise a few people. I'm
0: surprised. I'm shocked.
1: (laughs) So made a lot of friends in that regard, um, which was really cool. Um, And uh, then after Holy Cross and I would have I loved Holy Cross. Uh, I lived there both years on campus um obviously hung out at notre dame all the time hung out at st mary's all the time went to all the football games basketball games and we we were you know part of the notre dame community um if it was a four-year school i would have absolutely stayed but at the time it was still uh a two-year liberal arts school so i got my associate's degree (laughs) and went on my way and uh ended up at loyola in chicago uh for a semester um and that's when 9-11 actually happened oh, uh, right. to kind of put Whoa. things in perspective there. Um, that was a crazy day. Obviously, I was asleep in my dorm, which is an apartment building just off campus. And my roommate came and woke me up. He's like, dude, you got to wake. You got to see this. Uh, what's on TV? I'm like, what are you talking about? I, it's, it's like it was either Tuesday or Thursday. I didn't have a morning class. I'm like, <laughs> why are you waking me up for this? Um, but yeah, we ended up sitting there watching the news. And then we had to go to class. Um, and everybody was freaking out, obviously, cause Chicago, I mean, it's the third largest right. city in America. So, um, you know, people were worried about, is there going to be more, you know, all what were the stuff. streets like the Yeah, it, it was nuts. And we made it th- halfway through one of our classes. The other one got canceled halfway through one of our classes. And the professor had s- had a relative or something in New York and couldn't, you know, get in touch. And finally she's just like, you guys just go, wow. I've got to deal with this, you know, and so we just stayed glued to the TV and um, stuff was canceled and people were flipping out for obvious reasons. Of um, course. Yeah. But yeah. That, that's, you know, it's one of those you, you know, you know where you were when, you know, for my parents' generation, it's when Kennedy was assassinated. For, you know, for us, it was 9 11 um, and many other things. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, that was an interesting situation. But uh, to come full circle after the semester, I transferred back locally to iusb and that's believe it or not where i met my wife uh so it all ends up working out for a reason obviously she went to st mary's um had nothing to do with the theater department okay, okay. which was, well, good.
0: I was gonna say i was gonna ask yeah
1: no well well you know how things are you know you kind of work your way through your different friend groups you know dating on and off and it was kind of nice to have somebody that had nothing to do with that whole group you know, know what i mean you
0: planted a seed like three <laughs> years in the making yeah <laughs> no no i
1: didn't know my wife at all which was which was great um. Uh, but she was a local product. She went to Clay High School. Okay. Hey, yeah, go so, Colonials. That's right. Go Colonials. Uh, so she went to Clay and then went to St. Mary's, and uh, we got married right out of college. So... Been a few years. <laughs> yeah. A few years, sixteen almost.
0: So right out of college, here yeah. we are. You you uh you get both of your degrees there, and uh intro to being an educator. Yes. How did you decide what type of education yeah. you wanted to go into?
1: Well, uh obviously when you get out of college, you're looking for a job, right? <laughs> any I mean, job, that, right. <laughs> any job. And I I was certified five through twelve uh in social studies, and so I, I went to one interview, and it was Southwest just Schools. One. Yeah, just one. Okay. And it was in May. It was like right when I got my degree, and uh, got the job uh, at LaSalle Academy. Um, it was one of the Ooh. first couple of years of the
0: academy. I am going to teach seventh grade social studies. So I was super excited about it. But actually, that had to be pretty easy for you, though, given the the group of kids that you know were put over there, right? That was oh. kind of like the IBM of... Uh, yeah. So I mean it was
1: I mean, we were doing stuff uh in that class that you do in high school classes, you know, with seventh graders. Right. Um, you know, so it was a great group of kids. There's no question. I really love my time over there. Um you know, people get scared off from places like that because of the helicopter parents and everything like that. But I loved it. I, I thought it was great. Um, and so so I worked there uh for my first year teaching. And that's actually uh, I was in the the teacher workroom, you know, getting my bulletin boards together. I'm super <laughs> excited, you know, and all that. And I ran into one of the teachers there, Corey Betzer, uh, who was uh, coaching over at Washington. And we just got to talking, and he's like, Hey, I don't know if this is anything you'd be interested in, but we're looking for an assistant coach. Um, why don't you come by the weight room and talk to the head coach and see if it's something you're interested in. I was like... I hadn't really thought about coaching. you know. I was excited I had a job, but you know what I mean? Um, did and,
0: you have to ask where the weight room was? <laughs> I did not know. Not in
1: Washington. I had never been to Washington in my life at the time. And uh, that was 2006.
0: Isn't? Was it still in the same spot then as it was yes. when we were there?
1: Uh, it was on the other side. It was in the wrestling room. But, yeah, it was down oh, the stairs goodness. there. Um, and so, yeah, I went over there. And the head coach at the time was Frank Amato. Okay. I said I was going to okay. come back to him. And he was Like, yeah, uh, guess what? We can't pay you. Uh, you can be a volunteer assistant freshman coach. Oh, yeah, and uh, we, we'd love to have you on board. And basically, what that means is you're breathing, you don't look like you're somebody that would you know harm children, so we'll, <laughs> we'd love to have you on board. <laughs> and uh, uh, and that kind of started everything. And uh, somebody dropped out, I can't remember exactly what happened, but I ended up getting paid that year, which was a, an even bigger bonus jackpot. I mean it was unbelievable, right. you know, like just <laughs> raking in the, the dimes and nickels on that one. Uh but it was an awesome I was the assistant freshman coach uh for that season and uh like I said that kind of started the high school football journey almost accidentally.
0: Accidentally. <laughs> yeah. So what did you learn from that process? I mean, there obviously had to come a point in time throughout that season. I hate to jog your memory specifically here, but what happened during that season I said, "Okay, you know what?" maybe we're on to something. Maybe I should continue doing this and put in this extra time. Cause I'm assuming at that time you're seeing what it actually does take upon hmm. you to put that extra time in away from the family already yeah, at that right. point. Right. And the
1: family was just my, my wife and I at the time and she got pregnant. Um, yeah, right around the time I found out I had a job, you know, <laughs> went, Hey, we've got insurance. Woo-hoo. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, um, the head freshman coach was Chris Mathis, who I'm still good friends with to this day. And, uh, You know, and he was super helpful to me and how to kind of organize things and run things. And the freshman program was it was almost separate from the varsity program, but I was able to watch Coach Amato from afar and kind of learn, um, you know, how he operated him. He was a state champion head coach. He won you know state title at St. Joe in '95, and uh, um, and just kind of watch how he carried himself and how he just absolutely adored the kids that he was coaching. Um, He treated him like his sons um, and I had a son on the way. So it was, it was all just kind of very surreal. And um, I hadn't really looked at high school football that way in the past because I was only a player. You know what I mean? You don't see everything that goes on behind the scenes and man, I just ate it up. Just the, the organization of it, the, the camaraderie, um, the brotherhood, uh, it just all spoke to me in so many ways. And I was
0: hooked. No question. I was hooked. It was enough to keep you involved for the next 10 years over a course of how many high schools? So Washington was first. Then
1: uh, Coach Amato ended up over at Adams. So I went over to Adams with him. Uh, I was there for five years. And then went to Clay for three, I want to say. And then finished it up uh, at uh, back at Washington, of all places, uh, for my final three years. Wow. Yeah. Wow.
0: And you know. so now here we are. At some point in time, too, you wanted to get the journalistic side of uh, football also involved. Yeah. Uh, so you got involved with the Blue and Gold Illustrated, correct? Well, uh, that's my most recent endeavor okay. was with Blue okay. and Gold. So that actually Let's back it up. Beep, beep, yeah, beep. you're,
1: you're going to go way back on this one. Uh-oh. So, Uh-oh. back in 2004, um, I, I don't. You may even be too young for this, but back in the day, they had, on ESPN they had a show called Dream Job.
0: Yep, I'm too young for that one.
1: So it was like a game show, essentially on ESPN, where all these people, and then most of them were, you know, graduates of of journalism schools, et cetera. They competed essentially for a job at ESPN. That's what it was. And locally, uh, U93 decided to have a dream job competition for uh, the open co-host job for the pregame show for United or for Notre Dame football. On U ninety three. Oh no way! Because U ninety three used to carry Notre Dame football oh, back no before way. WSBT, and so um, so Sean Stiers, um was the 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 sports director at the time, and they had they had this this uh, competition. You had to write an essay, I remember, and submit it, and then they picked from the essays people that they would actually have on the air for this game show. And there was, you know, multiple rounds, and they had... What was your essay? Oh, gosh, I can't even remember. I oh, think it was like the love of Notre Dame football. There we go. Something that's, like that. That's what I want to hear. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and I'm single, and I, you know, whatever. And I, so I write this essay, and, you know, he, Sean calls me and uh, to do kind of like a screening interview. Make yeah. sure you're not crazy, you know. <laughs> and uh, ended up making it onto the show. And it was at one of the restaurants that no longer exists, I think, now uh, over on Main Street. And it was like three or four rounds. And it was, uh, they would ask you trivia, which I was horrible at, absolutely (laughs) horrible at. It's still a joke to this day. Um, But then they would, you know, ask you just general questions and things like that. I don't even remember all the details, but I kept making it past each round. And then I had to get married. And so I had to go on my honeymoon. Oh, no. And so. Uh, We had to pre record like this trivia session, of which I absolutely bombed. I mean, just bombed it. It was horrible. No. And so I get married and we go on our honeymoon and we're on a cruise in the Caribbean. And I find out that I made it to like the final two. And I have no idea how this even happened. And then uh, there was the final round and I ended up winning the thing. (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah, which I have no idea how it even happened. Yeah, (laughs) right. And so uh ended up winning, and so I was the co-host with Sean and a couple other guys uh for the pregame show for United Three from Notre Dame Football for starting with the 04 season. So it was that fall. Okay. So we got married in August. So it was like, okay, bing bang boom, let's go. Welcome to Charlie Weiss. Yeah, right. And it was Tyrone Willingham oh, was, 04, was the coach. 5. Yeah. Wow. So uh I got to like go cover press conferences and and fun stuff like that, and it was cool and um, and then I, I kind of also hopped in, Sean had his own daily talk show called the Sean Steyer show. So yeah. ended up helping him co-host that for a little while. Um, and that's kind of how I call it my glorified hobby of being on the radio and, and doing stuff. That's kind of how all that started. Um, and fast forward all the way to now. So I, uh, did a stint at, um, Irish illustrated. Um, and, uh, I'm sorry, I, Irish Sports Daily, excuse me, not Irish Illustrated, Irish Sports Daily, did a stint there, um, and then all the while kind of helping Sean out with, with doing different stuff, and now Sean is at WSBT, where I am also at, and we do uh, Mishawaka basketball, and we do Mishawaka football, um, and so I get to be the color guy for that, so that's, like I said, my glorified hobby,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> and, uh, and then working for uh, Blue and Gold, which I was only supposed to kind of be like this extra guy to help out, and then uh, my good friend uh, Brian Driscoll uh, got an opportunity to work for Sports Illustrated, and so he he runs that the Notre Dame site for Sports Illustrated. And all of a sudden, the boss flies in from North Carolina. He's like, "Surprise! You're now the football analyst." <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Holy moly! Yeah. So <laughs> that escalated quickly, and that was uh, right after the Georgia game this wow. year, middle of the season. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, so that got interesting real quick, but it's been a blast i've I've had a blast doing it um and so, yeah, doing podcasts and being on the air and um it just kind of highlights my real job of being a teacher so uh it's cool. I'm always busy. My wife says, <laughs> you can't just sit around and not do anything you're all I'm always up and around doing something, uh which is true. I'm always doing something, which is fantastic keeps me busy
0: that's good and while we have a little bit left here, we're gonna go through. What we call first and ten with Kosha Adario. Oh boy. Absolutely. Okay. So it's gonna be four questions, well four topics, that I want we're gonna get the insight on what's going through Vince's head, okay? Well, oh, that's that's a scary place. Yeah. But okay. We'll start with first down. What are your thoughts on the XFL? You know, I've watched a little bit of it. Um
1: I'm a football junkie, so I mean I enjoy I enjoy watching football. Right. And the the quality of the play is not terrible. So I've enjoyed it and and some of the things that they've done, they kind of sped up the game clock or the the, the play clock, which is good. I kind of dig the kickoff. I do, too. I kind of dig that. So I do, too. I'm okay with it. I don't know if the NFL will be like, yeah, the XFL is doing something great. Let's do that. Uh, like, I don't know that they would do uh, that. But of all the things that the XFL is doing, I think that would be a cool thing to implement. Um, because I don't want to see the kickoff get eliminated completely right right and so i think it's kind of a happy medium
0: it does it covers both I, angles yeah. right
1: uh I, so i like that and i also uh just from a coaching standpoint i love the fact that everybody's mic'd up oh my goodness <laughs> so you can just hear everything that's going on it, it makes it so ridiculous yeah though. I, I i enjoy that part um I, i'm always a big behind the scenes guy when it comes to movies or yeah. whatever so uh i do kind of i Enjoy that though. The NFL will absolutely never do that. Ever. In a million trillion years. <laughs> Ever. Uh, which is totally understandable. Um, but I do kind of I get a kick
0: out of it. I enjoy it. Okay, so thumbs up. Yeah, thumbs up, man. All right. Let's Next we'll go on to second down here. Okay. This is gonna be a hot topic though. Right. Astros versus major league baseball. Yeah. Do you think the MLB has been too soft? on what they are doing to the Astros, and how do you think the rest of Major League Baseball, the teams coming this spring, how do you think they're going to react to the Astros? Okay, so I
1: think, uh, and, and I'm a baseball guy through and through, um, I they destroyed the integrity of the game. I... I I'm appalled that they would do that. Uh, I think the the punishment does not fit the crime, unfortunately. Of course, yeah. Uh, I, I think they did the maximum of what they could do to the team, you know, was a $5 million, and then draft picks and right. stuff like that. Yeah. Of course, that won't come to really fruition for years down the line. Um, but I, I do think the players should have been held accountable, too. I, the, what Rob Manfred said, something along the lines of just the fact that they're associated with the team is enough punishment. Uh, no, it's not. No, it's
0: not. Yeah, not
1: in the twenty-four hour news cycle that we have. You know, um, I there definitely should have been some player punishment, and frankly, taking away the World Series title, I
0: think would have really spoken volumes. That would have put the uh, exclamation mark at Absolutely. the end of that sentence. Absolutely. So, how do you think the play the rest? Of, I mean, obviously, the mm-hmm. Astros have to play the rest of these teams this year. Do you think for that first week that there is going to be any type of retaliation from any of the teams? Uh,
1: honestly, uh, I. Of all the sports out there, baseball polices itself, right? And right. S- and I, you know, Rob Manfred again said there's not going to be any retaliation and blah, 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 and we're going to fine and we're going to do this, that, and the other. Yeah, there's going to be retaliation. Absolutely. Whether it's a hard slide into second, whether it's, you know, uh, uh, throwing behind a player, or a beanball. Respectfully. If
0: you can do a respectful
1: <laughs> right. bean ball, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, lower half. It's kind of hard to be the,
0: respectful, though. You know, with not, this, we're not
1: going to be buzzing the tower or anything like that. <laughs> you know, throwing at the head. But look, man, some guys' careers got completely trashed by this whole thing. Right? Um, you know, so there's lawsuits pending, and all, I mean, it is a crazy situation, and I'm shocked that they were able to get away with it for as long as they did. It's unbelievable. I, three, I really was am three surprised. years. Yeah, two and a half, three years, something like that.
0: Um,
1: and they won a World Series title. Would they have won without it? Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? But, I mean... They, it's a fact that it was cheated, done.
0: And they know it, and they've admitted it. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll move on to third down All here. Right. The Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl champs. Yeah. Are they good enough to repeat next year? Well, isn't that the, the, you know, the curse or whatever, right? So, they...
1: They are absolutely good enough. They've got speed to burn, man. I mean that that's so hard to control that kind of speed and yeah. the different levels that you can manipulate. You know, with that kind of speed, and then you add in, you know, high end Travis Kelsey is one of the best in the game. And then, oh yeah, you know, Mahomes, he's pretty better than average. <laughs> and as a Bears <laughs> Not too fan, bad. every time I see him, of oh, course, it makes me sick. It makes me want to vomit oh. in my own mouth. Yes, um, but I mean, he's a great young player and. He's not going anywhere anytime soon. So any team with Patrick Mahomes uh, is going to have a shot. And as long as they can keep some of those speed demons and that defense under contract, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. And Andy Reid is one heck of a coach. And he finally got his due, you know, getting that world or that World Series. Wow. Uh, that, that Super Bowl <laughs> title. Um, and yeah, if nothing changes. I, they have as good a shot as anybody
0: of repeating, no question. Okay, fourth down. This one's going to be familiar to you. All right. How are the Irish going to fare in 2020 mm. versus the college, the rest of the college football playoff top?
1: Well, uh, you know, they, they, they'll have an opportunity.
0: There's no question.
1: Um, and Clemson coming to town, huge game, obviously, huge game. Uh, Wisconsin and Lambeau. That's, huge game. Game. That's gonna be awesome. That's, That's a bucket list yeah <laughs> opportunity for me right there. Definitely going to Lambeau for that game. He's
0: definitely gonna be a football analyst that day. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> definitely gonna be there for that game. They play obviously in Ireland. So I mean it, it's gonna be an awesome season. Um a lot of question marks for this team. There's no question yeah. Wow. Uh I said question twice there. Um uh, but you know, <laughs> running back, uh, wide receiver, they've got a ton to replace at wide receiver. Um, it, the cornerback position, uh, the depth there is, is a big question mark. So a lot going on there. Uh, so I'm excited about spring practice. You know, We'll kind of get some of those questions answered a little bit, but not really until fall and then the first games and such. Um, they've got an opportunity. They've got the schedule. If they can take care of their business, if they can beat – I mean, come on, if you beat Clemson <laughs> at home, come on. Um, you, you're in the conversation, right. period, end of discussion, yeah, right? Of course. And that's going to be one heck – of a benchmark right there you know both teams could very realistically be undefeated going into that game Oof. i mean that's going to be a gigantic game Oof. night game notre dame stadium it's going to be huge oh, and that's if somehow notre dame
0: can win that game they are absolutely in the conversation for the playoff no doubt about it that is incredible Let's four downs with coach dario there what, where can folks find you on the social media platform of the world? Right. So, uh, Twitter, uh,
1: it's easy at Coach Daddario. Um, and, uh, love putting my guys out there, my, my baseball guys, and, uh, pubbing what they're up to and, uh, excited about the future there. And, uh, obviously I use the same Twitter account for, for BGI. So, Uh, You get your Notre Dame content through there. You'll get my (laughs) high school team uh, content there. Uh, So it's kind of one-stop shopping. Uh, Try to be as active as I can be, but uh, never really been a huge social media guy. But uh, I'm trying to be just to kind of publicize my guys and, uh, you know, get the the BGI brand out there and things like that. But uh, it's kind of an exciting time,
0: Josh. I'm I'm, I'm pumped, man. I'm, I'm fired up for you. This is yeah. going to be a blast. This is going to be a great season that you have in front of you. Um, I wish you nothing but the best and all the success on that one. Hopefully, we can have a follow up interview to see how the whole season went and maybe preview a little bit closer some Notre Dame football. There you, hey, anytime I'd love to be back and uh,
1: come on out, man. Spring, spring is where it's at. Come out on, a nice
0: <laughs> spring day. Where would you rather be than out at a baseball field? Right, oh, it's beautiful. So and glad to catch uh, Coach Dario's uh, Riley Wildcats. That's right. out there to this year.
1: That's right. Yeah, it's gonna be great. A lot of new faces, like I said, but a lot of excitement. We got the numbers are up. Um, so much excitement in that building, and uh, we're gonna have guys from the basketball team. We're gonna be out there. Guys from the wrestling, the swimming. So a lot of three-sport athletes, um, just guys that have the right attitude, and uh, we're going to shape them into some good ball players and really build that program from the bottom up. And uh, I'm super excited about it. And, you know, when I'm not busy, i going to cover some Notre Dame football at the same time.
0: So uh, always staying busy. And, oh, yeah, I guess I'll teach a little bit during the day. <laughs> the man of multiple hats who can do it all. Thanks again, Vince, for joining us. No problem. You've been listening to The Longest Road with Josh Williams on podcast by Federated Media. If you'd like to recommend a guest, find the contact us link in the description and let us know. Until next time, thank you for listening, and I'll see you down the longest road.